This is CliffCentral.com. Is this thing on? You're listening to The Bounce Show. It's live. Well, not this bit, but it's live on CliveCentral.com. Um, it's Cliff Central, Platt. <clears throat> Sorry, scrap that, delete it. CliffCentral.com. It's so long. You know, see me a superstar, man, I have time to waste with your minions and things. <laughs> Welcome to it. The Bounce Show Monday is quite a sad weekend. Of course, the passing of Mr. Muhammad Ali has been has been the big talk, and uh, you'll still see Twitter is going nuts. People all remembering the greatest, as he was said, both in the ring and out of the ring. Uh, it really is quite sad. He suffered from the Parkinson's disease for 32 years, so maybe in all instances, he's finally rest in peace for the great Muhammad Ali. But that is not going to be the full uh, subject of the show today. There's a special bounce show today, and it, it is so special. I've got three special guys in front of me, and we're talking about the special subject of cricket, the CSA review, and what is kind of wrong with cricket in South Africa. I know, it's a mouthful. I take a little breather here. This is the faithless song, by the way, Muhammad Ali. Still a belter. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Cricket, 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 more cricket. If you are listening live, get in touch on WeChat on the Cliff Central account. Just message whatever you want. Uh, if it's really rude and crass and it can't be read, I won't read it. But if it's if it's kind of, you know, your sentence structures are right, I will pretty much take anything. Otherwise, tweet me at follow the bounce. That's my Twitter screen right in front of me. Or just at cliffcentral.com. That's also the Twitter feed for the studio. So, I don't know how to really intro you guys other than if I was to think of three people who could give me insight, opinions, and clarity on what's happening in cricket right now, I would pretty much have the three of you. So, we have, mic number one, Mr. Samirev. Yes, Ben, I just want to say, when did your show become cool? What do you mean? Like, that was the best intro I've ever heard you do. Really? Yeah. Out of all your intros, that was the smoothest one. Wow. <laughs> take, take a moment there. <laughs> That's what I try to do. So, I mean, what I do is I, I, I put the show into, a, into an actual blog post. Yes. So, I've got to have videos because, as Michael tells us, nine out of ten people don't look at anything unless it's a YouTube video. Mike so is then, right. So, then I have a cool song in the beginning, right? Very good. And then I talk a bit, and then I get into headlines. But today, because it's so special, and you guys are here, maybe oh, that's why I'm you. also raising my game. Anyway, you know Simi's voice from the show, and you know him from the comedy circuit, and you know him as a bit of a cricketing tragic in that he's put himself through many a protea <laughs> heartache, which has seen him lying fetal in showers before. Yes. So Simi has to have his, his, his way in on, on this on this topic, so it's great that you're here. Next Thank up, you. Michael Sharman. Now, I have known a fair few cricket fans in my time. I've also known a fair few people who have done extraordinary things. Mike is that times 12 in all aspects. Mike once went to India as the superfan, the castle superfan. So he has bled for this team. He's also bled in different kind of costumes for this team. Mike, it's an absolute privilege to have you here again. I also wore a mankini in the Lord's change room with Neil McKenzie. I managed Word. to get taken to that next level. So I think I'm qualified to be your super fan guest of you, the show in such a critical debate. You find me a show. You find me anything in the world where a guy's been in the Lord's change room with a mankini. See, this is what you get on the Bounce Show. And this is why you listen every week. 
I respect him. And then adding a whole truckload of credibility, we've got Stuart <laughs> Hess, who's actually a journalist, who actually knows everything about cricket. I mean, Stuart came in early. Firstly, professional. That's what you want out of guests. But he's a proper journalist, that's why. He even has a notebook. He made but notes. guys, he arrived here 15 minutes early. You know how many times I have guests? It's like 10 past 10, like just sauntering through. Oh, yeah. I didn't realize it was live. He's very easy. He's also the, he also has a real job, guys. Yeah. I've seen him in a man kitty, so it's really scary. Sus. Well, I did say clothing wasn't optional. It was compulsory. Stuart, thanks so much for being here. I yeah. think um, you're the voice of reason amongst all this. Because the, the reason I wanted to have this chat, okay, so last week on the Bounce of Seed Azede, which is, of course, the show that, I mean, the, the site that I plug the crap out of on the mm-hmm. show. It's an idea to try to get more hits. I don't know if it's working. Anyway, so I wrote this thing about uh, Cricket SA couldn't fulfill their review. So they basically abandoned it. They ran out of time. And as a disgruntled fan, which is essentially what I am. I mean, I'm not a journalist like Stuart. I'm not a comedian like Simi. And I'm not a business maverick like Mike. I'm the guy in the middle. <laughs> I'm just the guy who gets pissed off. And thanks to social media, I say stuff. Sound so like a horrible guy. Though. I sound like a dick. I sound like an absolute <laughs> Basically like a digital troll. Yeah. That's <laughs> such a the dick. way you describe yourself is like, this is the guy that has an egg avatar and tells you, you're not funny. Fuck you. <laughs> okay, I'm slightly better than that. So, yeah, I, I I love cricket. I hate where cricket's going right now. So I wrote this post. I basically identified the things that I would like to uh, fulfill. Um, sorry, um, find a solution for. And I addressed them. And uh, by all counts, people seem to agree with me. Normally when I write something, uh, anything around South Africa, you get mm. one or two things. Firstly, you're a doer. Yeah. Secondly, I hate you. <laughs> Thirdly, this is the best article in the whole world. Or fourthly, it's like I'm so tired of the subject. Mm. Whereas all the time from this this article, I'm not tooting my own, my own horn here. The response was unanimously um, supportive, is that I touched on the right buttons. Mm. But it's not about me. I want to get your guys' in- interests, your guys' inputs on this. And I think uh, I'm going to start basically by going around the table. If there's one thing that kind of you've got to gripe about SA Cricket right now, if there's, I know it's very difficult, okay? Yeah. So as, as Simi starts, you guys can maybe formulate your yeah. answers here. If, there were, if someone were to say to you, like I often chat to people from around the world in the show, and I often say, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? If you were to say... A foreigner had to say to you, what's wrong with cricket in your country? What would you say to that? First thing, and you know it's my big war. Jeez, your, your we need to get Behadin out like of this Muhammad team. Ali we need to get Behadin out of this team. <laughs> it's a fundamental thing. It's not even about transformation or anything. And we need to get him out of this team. Do you know why Muhammad Ali's death was more sad for me? Because as I said, the guy, the greatest has died. Cricket South Africa tweeted, Fahadin comes on to bowl with five runs remaining. And it just made me more sad. He should never be near a bat or ball at international cricket. These are, okay. I'm, I'm not making it up. He's a horrible, horrible player. You can't take him to the press match conference, him and Russell Domingo, and then talk about, yo, the batters need to pitch up, and then you score a duck. Don't do that to yourself. That okay, is so, horrible. So, me, I'm putting you get down. Get him out. I'm putting you down here for Fehard Vehardin. Yes. <laughs> get but him. now, okay. okay He's well, a problem. Domingo's a problem. You and I have spoken about why we think Russell Domingo's a problem. Okay, I feel so, he so, doesn't. So, top of mind, that's what basically has got your nuts in the yeah, in man, at the moment. Especially when you think, let's if you start thinking long term now. So, we're like, okay, cool. Let's plan for other World Cups. Other other things ahead of us we don't need domingo didn't work for the last one so we don't need him for the next one okay so you're basically saying that this level of, of incompetence that is still retaining employment here yeah uh, okay. at international level okay. they cool. domestically i'm sure they do very well for themselves all right so so top top thought there we'll get back to you on that because i think um uh, there's another angle i'd like to pursue with you on that thank you mike what is really on top of your head right now 
not so hunky-dory with the cricket. I think it's a strategic problem. So we're not treating cricket as a business. We're treating it just as a playtime and just as a hobby. So if you look at everything... Amateurish, almost an approach. Exactly. If you look at it in terms of everything from um, selectors to management all the way to the execution of plans, like oh. we cannot execute a plan. And you can't put the players under the blame all the time because that's ex- essentially where it goes. It's like this didn't work out. Oh, batters need to come to the party. Bowlers need to come to the party. But it's... There's also like a more of a granular issue with player management. I mean, Dale Stain's up to be able to play in every IPL that, you know, comes out of the woodwork, whether it be the Caribbean IPL, the Canadian IPL. Mm. I mean, every new, every second week, there's a new IPL mm. developing around the world. I heard Ecuador actually really wants it <laughs> on the back of Guyana doing so well this week. Yeah, the same with I mean, Venezuela. They're, they're really close, yeah. I mean, they, they, they needed some growth to the GDP. Colombian Premier League is going to take the world by storm. <laughs> so I think, I think ultimately cricket South Africa is not treating the, the cricket process like a business i think it's being treated very much like an amateurish approach if your ceo who is effectively your your um manager or your your coach if he's not performing just get the just get the chop yeah okay mike that's very good it's a nice overarching thought there and uh, lastly Stuart, what's the kind of top thought that's really bugging you right I'm now gonna, i'm going to borrow off him because it's uh, of, yeah. of what mike said and it, to this, me it's confusion yeah um and it's confusion and, and if you use the world t20 that just concluded in, in, in April as an example. Um, if you look at the build-up period towards that, we use a very practical example here that's very easy to, 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 to assess. Um, you look at the build-up to that, and you had, a, to me, the most important T20 player being A.B. de Villiers. And uh, Domingo and Faf Duplessis recognized his importance in providing um, a rhythm to the team, so they made him open the batting. Brilliant idea, brilliant. And De Villiers then opens in every T20 match leading into the World T20. Gets to the World T20, the man doesn't open. Mm. And it's confusion like that. Dale Stain is another one. So Dale Stain last played for South Africa in a, in a test match back in, he injured his shoulder on the first day of the test against England in, 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 in Durban. Hasn't played any cricket, barely played any cricket in the IPL. I think he built two overs. Yeah, it's a good and then, good and then he doesn't get he doesn't get picked for for this one day series in the West Indies because he needs to rest. Dale Stain needs to rest. Do you know your own player? Oh, um, he's, he's resting in a big bash. Nat no, West no, he's off. He's just gone to Glamorgan to yeah, go he's, play. To he's, go he's play. He's resting at Glamorgan. T Twenty cricket in 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 England. So you ask me that that's it's confusion. It's, it's bad management. I think a lot of it comes down to. To, to Russell Domingo and, and, and Russell told, told me uh, after he came back from the World T20 because I'd asked a couple of questions regarding, uh, regarding his future and whether he felt he belonged in the job as, as the national team's coach. Um, obviously, he didn't take too kindly to it. No one would. Um, sure. and, and, um, and his responses to the questions were not satisfying. I, I don't know if, 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 if that was because it was unexpected towards him that somebody would ask it as, as directly as, as I did. But, um. <laughs> that is it. That is 100%. It. Because if one of the things but, I complain the most about is when journalists don't ask any of these guys proper questions. They go like, you bowled out for 83. Tell us, what are you going to do in Centurion? <laughs> like, no. Yeah. So, you were the uh, reason why uh, the state wants to control the media. I'm why not, would you I'd like ask, to apologize. Why would you want to ask to, such direct I can't, questions? I, can't, I wouldn't be able to be in the same room as What did he What's say, though? What did he say? Um, that he essentially just said that it's got to be up to, to Cricket South Africa to decide about his future. Obviously, they, they pay him and they hold his contract. With Harun Logat sitting next to him. So, I mean... I posed the same question to Harun, and of course, that was at the time when the when the um, 
when this review panel with Francois Pinar and, and Ross Tucker and Don Machobo and Adam Bacher had just been announced. announced. And it was said that it would form and un- it would fall under the processes of that, of that review, which is fair enough. But as you have alluded to, and as we all now know, the review is no longer going to happen. <laughs> Okay. Or at least it's been postponed. It's good at absolutely. Yeah, it's been postponed. So they ran out of time, essentially. You know, they were umming and ahhing, and then suddenly this new series. Well, it wasn't a case of them. running out of time. It was more a case of they couldn't agree to the time in which it would take place. So, in other words, mm. um, my understanding is that the review panel, um, and, they, and they wanted to interview over 50 people, including the whole national team, a whole lot of other play, uh, you know, uh, uh, personalities around cricket in, in, in South Africa and, and, you know, 50 people is a lot. Some of them not in the country. Mm. Um, and get an idea of, you know, what, what the hell is going on. Fair, which is fair enough. That's how you do a, a review. And if you're brutally honest about something and you open about it, then that's what you do. And so they wanted six months and Cricket South Africa's board wanted them to do it in two. Now. Yeah, that doesn't sound feasible. We'll just actually quote the guys involved here this in an article from Crick Info. So uh, Law gets stressed that there was no specific time frame for the panel to abide by to get their findings. So he said, while we plan to do this as soon as practically possible, we do not intend to place a deadline on this important piece of work as we presently have capable people and contracts in place. And then uh, Franz Alpino, obviously, he was pulled in. I think his latest gig is finished. Mm. Varsity Cup's doing all right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but you know, he's, he's the only person who's actually won a World Cup on that panel. Exactly. There's a bit of excellence getting <laughs> pulled into this one, okay? <laughs> yeah. uh, the panel held preliminary meetings the end of April to formulate a plan in the review, okay? So in an interview, Pinar did say, the key focus areas will be in how we'll divvy up the roles. That was the thing there. So they're just finding out who's going to say what, who's going to do what. Now, sports psychologist Ross Tucker, uh, now Ross is in- hugely intelligent. If you yeah. follow him on Twitter, you realize he can never have just one tweet. Yes. He sends probably four out at a time. Yeah. One so, out of 34. Yeah, so it's one out of 34. And eventually, you've been the entire day just reading Ross. So uh, he said that ultimately, we couldn't agree with Cricket Essay on issues relating to scope, process, time, and resources. We had an idea for what we should do and how. But then we had to make decisions about whether to continue or not. And that decision was to step down from the process. Now, this also being said that they didn't want to observe certain CSA protocols. So you've got to open an honest review, apparently. But it'll be done. It's like we work as a team, but we do it my way, in mm. the words of uh, Richie Benner from The Twelfth Man. Mm. So, How is it independent in, in, that, in that regard? Yeah. So, Stuart, just getting back to you, because you've obviously – you might feel a few more questions than the other guys. No offense, other guys. Don't worry. I'm going to ask silly questions. Stuart is a professional. <laughs> Stuart once tweeted me saying that I have no access to the box because I'm not invited. Took it personally. <laughs> but I've moved on in my life and now I'm a professional. And I, I spotted d- him in the president's suite at the Wondrous. Nazo, well, that, I've made it. That's how he rolls. Where, <laughs> where, he's there, in there. Front row, by the way. Front I mean, row. Front row. Front row. I've made it. So, okay. Like, the whole reason that this, this review has been brought about is because the cricket has been terrible as such. You know, you don't lose back-to-back series in test cricket. Okay, mm. you play in India, it's a dog mm. show. But when you come home and you get these guys rocking up with funny hairstyles and tattoos, you beat them. You expect okay? to win no it. No disrespect to England, but you kind of will, should beat them. But now the, the under-19s, I mean, they went from heroes, title winners, World Cup, to like not even beating Zimbabwe or being thrashed by Zimbabwe. Cuckabums. Uh Women's cricket, is, I think it's too early, too early in the day for them to really be too critical. But the thing is, performance is not going well. Stuart, has this happened in other countries where they've actually got together and go, hang on a second. This isn't going so great. Maybe we should assess what's going on. Yeah. Uh, it isn't just us that have had this. No, no. In fact, time. I mean, um, Cricket South Africa borrowed, borrowed the examples that were set by Australia and, mm. and England. England did a, did a review after the umpteenth 
Oh uh, well, they 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 obviously they'd won the Ashes in two thousand and five. Hurrah! Yeah. Parade yeah. down, Broke to the square. Twice a day, yeah. yeah, a couple of hangovers, and um, and then in two thousand and seven got thrashed in 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 Australia, um, and uh, instituted um, a review under a, under a gentleman uh, whose first name I don't recall, but his surname was Schofield, called the Schofield Report, and he delved into um, English cricket, came up with nine. 19 recommendations Wow <laughs> uh, cr- Going across the national team To junior level To domestic cricket So county cricket In, in, in the UK um, That process took Five or six months um, And this is a first world country And shit normally gets done It's a five or Aus- six Australia did something in 2011 Under Don Argus Who was a, who was a businessman So not someone who's associated With, with yeah. cricket at all okay. um, kind of, Again Look at the similarities here You know Independent Assessors the same way Cricket South Africa wanted it to be, wanted it to be done, and it was funny that because um, the August review involved not just um, who Don August and the businessman he surrounded himself with, but he got in former Australian um, captains. Um, I was very fortunate that I got to chat to Steve Waugh about this a few a few weeks ago, um, because I think one of the things that came out when 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 this when this review panel was established, people went Francois Pina, huh? Mike was rugby spill. So, um, what the hell does he know about cricket? And it was funny. Was, I, I, I said, listen, a lot of people in South Africa, Franz Wapinar, and he went, it's funny, in 2001, when he was captaining the Australian team, Steve Walk, uh, in, in, and they were on an Ashes tour, he called Franz Wapinar and he said, listen, I want you to come and address my team. Wow. And Pinar went in there and he spoke about um, precision and responsibility and professionalism. Traitor. Traitor. <laughs> straight up traitor. You can't yeah, but he that. was trying to beat England. Yeah, so okay, that's fine. yeah, that's it. Okay. <laughs> and, um, and so he went in there and, he, and, and Steve Wall said the value of getting somebody with a, uh, with, with a completely outside perspective. I mean, you cannot place a value on it. He said it was, mm. it was something that a lot of his players, you know, took things to heart from there. And, that, and it's utterly, it's, you know, it was very smart, and it's very, it's, 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 um, you know, it's, it's typical of Steve Waugh to look, you know, beyond just the confines of cricket, yeah. to go and find someone elsewhere. And so he said there will be great benefit to cricket South Africa getting a Francois Pinot on board because he's also got a great business background. Sure. Besides, you know, mm. the success that he's we, a generally good leader. He's a good business. Well, we know that, don't we? Yeah, I think from from what we've seen in 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 not in not only '95, but. You know, post post his rugby career, and so th- there was a great deal of value to be gotten from it if it South Africa pressed ahead with it. Which okay, so obviously yeah, didn't. you know, like again, just the, the point of this discussion is to really break down everything. So if you didn't know everything about the review and why it's taking place, this is why. So they're onto the right path by declaring we need a review. Yeah, that's all good. But now, Stuart, you very controversially said on Twitter, you said mm. at mm. Shocker Hess, my biggest concern <laughs> was always whether Cricket SA had the guts to submit itself and teams to an independent review. Seems it doesn't. Full stop, poor. It's tweets last forever, eh? I think, yeah, tweets tweet. last forever, yeah, eh? Absolutely. Ooh, yeah, look at um, but <laughs> that's, that's a good tweet, though. Because I, you know the thing is, Stuart isn't the only journalist here. I did journalism for a year at Vits. I'm not good at it, though. So, I mean, we all know there's many strings in your bow. Thank yeah. you, thank you. Um, so I started asking other people, and like, do you know how many people declined to be part of that review panel? Like lots of people, well, like you're leading former, to you're leading to my former, next question. Ca- former captains, yeah. yeah. So it's it's not like when we we were making fun of it. Remember, I was like Adam Bacher, that guy got out in the nineties more times than he actually. How scored many guys 100. have declined until Adam Bacher comes in? there? You're, you know, that's a long list. And I'm talking about. <laughs> I mean, it's no disrespect to him. It's just that he he wasn't a former captain. He wasn't a former yeah. great. He yeah. hasn't been like a maverick in anything. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Any stage here, no. Adam Bacher, he's got a cap. 
Yeah. It makes no difference to Derek Crooks or Mike Rindle. Nicky Boye. Nicky Bojays. But I, I think in Adam's defense, a, a very thoughtful individual as well. Very thoughtful cricketer. Um, a smart guy. And, and yeah. another guy who post playing career has, has, has gone into the, into the business world and is one guys that score hundred. <laughs> he's the level of success. This but, is why Stuart's okay, but I mean, See, to go back reason. to that, Sami, is that when you when you are um, doing the review and you're conducting mm. the review, um, you can go and speak to those to those people. You can go and speak to a Graham Smith who, uh, whatever contact you've yeah. ever had with Graham Smith, he's a really frank individual. There's, there's no Graham doesn't. Yeah. You know, muck about. He won't. That's because he's a big guy. But it, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, yeah, you're buff. Yeah, comes exactly. That's the only. That's the only reason. But I'm, I'm like ninety eight percent sure that that guy said, "Nah, guys, I don't want to do this." You want to know why? No television time. No television <laughs> yeah. time for a review panel. He's not interested in that. Okay, look, I don't, I don't want to get too much off topic here, but I agree yeah. with you. Thank you, um, Mike. Just looking at this actual review. Okay, so now we've ascertained that it's definitely the way to go. Do you not think, like, from, as you said, like, your original point was they're not running this as a proper business. It's a bit amateurish. Do you not think they look at this and go, right, guys, things aren't going so great, but we've got this really good opportunity. This panel is what gets us back on track. It gives a lot of brand equity for us. We can reinstall this image that we actually know what we're doing. And we could probably send out a really good offer to uh, future sponsors if we get our shit together with this. Mm. Do you not think they've really missed a trick here? Just from a professional sense, to your point, they have indeed, and and I think that you know the one point that you made in your blog post the other day was the fact that you know what they've been doing is they effectively using marketing to cover up a broken business model. So that's what Proteify is. It's a campaign. It's flashy. It's music video. People want to dance. You know, shake a bit of booty. But ultimately, well, I think it's still some I love music ringtone. Yeah, actually, it's, still, I love it. It's it's, ta- <laughs> it's taking it's taking marketing, and like we always say in our business, like you can't use marketing to fix a broken product or service. Mm. Like you have to look at your business operational issues first and then you can market it okay cool now we have a product that we can actually market but the problem is that you're using marketing and the flashiness of the characteristics and the charisma of the individuals who have a million plus followers now especially because of their huge IPL success so you've got the players and you've got the quality mm. of the individuals thereof but when you you're basically just packaging it as, as something that's a lot more attractive than what's yeah. actually happening beneath the surface. And when you look at the guys, like as soon as they come together as a group of Proteus players, failure. Then they just depart and they end up playing in IPL and other championships around the world. They're still the best players in the world. If you look at the partnerships, I mean, sure, I mean, AB's playing with Virat, but the way that they, they actually amplify each other's yeah. strengths and they, and they play to those strengths, then you've got Dale still bowling successfully when he's supposedly like dealing with injury. So you've got the players, Quentin de in the IPL he had a really good season as well so the players have the quality Chris Morris you know who <laughs> didn't have a good season in the IPL Fudgy. Behadeen there we <laughs> didn't go get the straight up straight up just mark then how many times Behadeen's name comes up here and <laughs> so we just on, on the looking at a panel right now yeah. we've all worked out there's a huge importance here what would instill a bit more confidence in you who would you like to see on this panel and don't say yourself just yet <laughs> it's okay first of all I don't even think before I answer who I sh- we should have on the panel, I have another idea. It's We call it a civilian intervention. Okay. The guys go for a training one day, right? Whole protea training. And then we just fill the stadium with fans that got grievances. And then we say, you. And we bring them in the circle and we start, everybody starts. <laughs> microphone is handed around going, I don't like the over you bald. And we make them feel shit. We break them down to build them up. And then a review panel steps in. <laughs> but if I had to see someone on a review panel, I don't even... To be honest, Steve Waugh. I know it's we're going, oh, yeah, yeah. but he's not even from here. Steve Waugh's... Men, 
his it, mental exactly strength. Exactly to Stuart's point. You make the independent because you want to get something out of it. Yes. You get someone who doesn't care about Protea Fire. Yes. Who doesn't care about maybe if they mm. have a job at CSA next month. But we also don't actually have winners. We don't have enough winners historically to say, hey guys, this guy's going to teach you about winning. I mean, we're going to go, Graham Smith, you know what? Yeah, you got us that test series down under. Okay, we can't give him. He's doing commentating now. He's got a pub. Let him do those things. We've got other things. So I would like to see someone that has nothing to do with cricket, but is in the cricketing world. And then actually just go out the box. Go find a consulting company. Say, hey guys, you don't know fuck all about cricket. Yeah. Now come tell us what the problems are. It's a good point though. Every Monday here on The Bounce Show, we have the Conquer Sports yeah. feature. You know, And those guys, what they do is sport. And the articles they create are incredible. Dan mm. obviously comes in. And uh, for many instances, they have a, a discussion about pressure and BMT and sport. Mm. They're not interviewing Buta Dipana. They've got yeah. a Navy SEAL in there. Yeah. The guy's like seen the light at the end of the tunnel a few times. <laughs> that guy will tell you about pressure. That guy yeah. will talk about death bowling. Yes. Not some guy who's got like decent figures for like free state or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, to be fair to them, in 2012, before they went to England and, and, and won that series... Of course, the Mike Horn thing. Mike Horn. Well, there we go. With climbing mountains in, in Switzerland. And you should have seen the the press that they got in England um, from English writers going, this is absolutely ridiculous. What do you think they – what do they think they're up to? And the first day at the Oval, which I called as a very even day, and the English press Obviously went, made it oh, theirs, yeah. you know, Cook scored 100 and Trot scored 100 and, oh, it's a brilliant day in South Africa, soft – Mm. And 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 a lot of a lot of I think I had about half a dozen English writers come to me at the Oval and and go. Um, so did did the players agree to the Switzerland thing? I said, yeah. Gary spoke. Gary Kirsten was the coach at the time. Gary spoke to each of them one on one basis. Said, this is what I have in mind. Do you think, you know, it will be of any benefit to us mm. to go and do it? And the players, to a man, went, yeah, we'd like to see the benefit of it. So they had a a, a mediocre first day. Let's call it that, at at the Oval, and then afterwards. Dominated the test match well, and won yeah. by you know plenty with uh, Amla scoring the triple and 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 Graham and and and, and Callis getting getting uh, hundreds each. I think one of the big things with the current setup in the national side is the lack of leadership. I don't mm. think. Um, uh, I mean, we've we've sit here and we've, we've we've taken the mick a little bit out of out of out of Graham, but. I don't think South Africans. South Africans understand <laughs> just what that leadership and his leadership was like of that of the national team. I mean, he took a lot of stuff on his shoulders. Um, you know, once it settled down and not become this the the the, the big mouth. Uh, but that's what we need. A bit of a though. doers in 2007. When no, he but, went that's to we, that's what, but that's what we need. And, though. And, that's what we need. And he learnt from that. Yes. Uh, sorry, in 2006 when he went to Australia, and and he learnt from that. Sure. Um, post that disastrous World Cup campaign in the West Indies, mm. um, and he learnt from that, and and you saw him mature, and as he matured, so the side got better because his leadership was 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 clear. Yeah. And I think what we've witnessed in the last. Uh, 12 months is a complete I mean it goes back to what I said earlier confusion man I mean the Hashim wasn't settled as being the captain and then midway through a huge series against England he says no 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 I don't want to be the captain anymore mm. we're going to give it to AB who wanted it at the time yeah. and now he has to you know take over the leadership of a team which has lost a few of its senior players due, mm. due to injury so it's a fractured bunch the way they're approaching their players is confusing and you know, one nil down in a series, and I got to try and beat a. Uh, listen, let's face it, this is a very good England team that came here. I know yeah, we're yeah, taking sure. the mick out of, yeah. out of 
poor old Ben Stokes and his awful bloody tattoo and his horrible ginger hair. But he embarrassed and us. And he, but yeah. He embarrassed but Here's us. the thing, but it, it comes yeah. down to South Africa not being settled and clear yeah. about what it wanted to do. We were shambolic. Do. We yeah. were shambolic. Yeah. Even yeah. at one point, Graham Smith was commentating and then he was literally like, oh guys, he's also he's also consulting with the project and now. Yeah. yeah, he's on the phone so saying, it's why like, is that guy still there? Do you know how that conversation probably came about? He, they were probably walking behind each other at the stadium and Domingo's like, yo man, how are you? I'm doing good, you? Yo, do you want to come just speak to the players for a couple of seconds? It, it absolutely I felt like that. Be, yes, I will uh, not be surprised. It, it, re- it reminded me of, you know, when South Africa won the series in, in England in 2008, and mm. England brought some guy who used to be a, used to be a roof tiler yeah. to play in the test match at Headingley. Yeah. His teammates had never seen him before. Yeah. This is what it looked like. This, in South Africa, last season, it looked like that. Yeah. It was mass confusion. Um, you know, is Graham going to come and help us out? Oh, yeah, he's going to stand there for, for one day. Then there's meanwhile, the denials in the media. No, no, there's no consulting role. Like, no, it didn't, it didn't happen. It's like, yeah. it, I mean, well, there were photographs of him yeah, walking around at, at the nest. And it was because, you know, Cricket South Africa didn't have control. There's no clarity about, you know, the path that, that, that the sport wants to take and the team wants to take. But I think you made some really good. good points in there. Can I just jump in quickly? And, uh, quickly uh, effectively, yes, just like the confusion element is so strong because when you had that that core leadership role from Graham, like, you know, public didn't appreciate how strong he was in mm. keeping all of those elements together. I mean, the fact that every nation around the world probably respects Graham more mm. than we do, that, yeah. that, that's a huge problem. And the thing is, like, he would gut it out and he would just, he would bring out the grit. Uh, he'd bring out the grit and he'd really get involved in, you know, coming out with a broken finger in Australia. Like, guys had never seen anything like that. Yeah, we loved it. South Africa. We oh, loved it. And, we, we, and, he, we and he finally deserved it. the credit. We got the credit he deserved. Okay, guys, so we've, we've had the word confusion come out a lot from Stuart. He, it's, i got to say, if there's a winner right now, he's Stuart getting is winning. You guys need to yeah. pick it up here. Yeah. Stuart's bringing so much to the table. He's such a smart guy. <laughs> I just realized how dumb I am, actually. And no, it's fine. I'm going to be leaving soon. We're not We're not dumb. It's like in the SA team. Some guys are just better than others. Uh, okay. You're a professional comedian. <laughs> Who's yeah. name are you going to raise now? But I am. I'm the Behardin of this group, clearly. No, not, not yet. We okay. haven't finished the game. We haven't still got the death over. Can I just say something about Behardin quickly? Yes, it's going to sound like I'm defending him here. Yeah? Please. But... Uh, if if there's one thing I know about about Farhan Beardin is he I mean he, he had a couple of very good seasons domestically for for the Titans. Agreed. I mean finished games. Agreed. Well, great yeah. finish. Agreed. For sure. But he's one of those players. I uh, there's two things about him. One, he's a very good domestic player. But you know the jump from being a really good player for the Titans and being a really good player for the Proteas is enormous. Is huge. And two, I think he overthinks the game. I really your, your, think. I think he overthinks like Simi saying how cocky is on every level. That's why. <laughs> Bruh, he overthinks the, the Simi RF guy. I think like, he gets oh, case again. <laughs> you know, you know the, he should delete this to the record. Here's, here's my thing. Domestically, he's so good. I wanted to, you know, we, we can't pull the piss out of CSF for not having an agenda and then we just go off on our intentions. <laughs> yeah, you know, you're right. You're right. So what I want to get to now is that. The big thing that CSA was saying is that they couldn't agree on an agenda, so we don't know what to discover. Uh, sorry, what to discuss. And that's why these guys either stepped down and the thing fell to shit. So we need to actually work out what would be the most pertinent point, the biggest point you need to kind of throw into this thing right now if we were going to be an assembled review panel right now. So, I mean, what would be the two points? And just try to be as, as uh, efficient as you can. What would be the two points that you want to go into a, a panel right now? The two points, yeah. like things that we would work on. So, but, so between the four of us now, right yeah. now, we need to have an agenda. Okay. Hypothetically speaking, if we were going to be the committee going tomorrow, yeah. what, okay. what, just two points for you that you reckon must come into this agenda right now. We need a, a good strategy. We need to start mm. saying, okay, this is the resources that we have, 
and that are available to us. So a blueprint for success, yeah, essentially. Yeah, something a blueprint that, something for, that yes. CSA were saying that they're looking yeah. to work towards. Yeah. And then, and and then we're like, okay, cool, we've got this strategy. Now let's find people that actually fit the strategy that we want to. Th- these are the people that we can base our team around. Now let's go find people that they can also play with. So kind of looking a bit more than series to series. So I mean, we yeah. need, we need to look for a long term captain here. Yeah, long term captain. Know, maybe even a better coaching style because maybe you know this consultant thing is not it doesn't feel well, like it's a good thing it just plays into what Stuart was saying it's confusion yeah. if you don't know who the guy is going to be teaching you a forward defensive next week I mean yeah. one day it's Lance Klusner swashbuckling left hander and, and, and then the next week you've got like working with the tail yeah. and you've got yeah. Neil McKenzie coming in but maybe we must start also making bigger decisions maybe we must be like okay guys AB doesn't actually want to play this thing anymore leave him mm-hmm. instead of us going Trying, trying to persuade him and making this like this, you can feel the tension almost. You can almost feel like someone's going, "Yo, man, you play so well for uh, Royal Challengers Bangalore, but when you, you get to us, you almost feel like we're forcing you. Like mm. rather just go like, okay, we're not. We don't. Listen, you don't even bat at three. You don't want. You want to bat at four. Listen, don't don't come to the team anymore. Okay. Maybe we will start making those decisions. So we've got decisive strategy here. So maybe that's your first point that you would yeah. like to throw in the mixer. Do you have a second one, or do you? Feel I do not have a second point. <laughs> You're just happy with us d- developing a decisive strategy. Yes, I'm. I'm happy with that one. Okay, Mike. If you were to throw some things into a hat here, I think it's almost like a like a management audit. And management isn't just a captain. A management is selector level coaching staff. If you look at the coaching staff as well, I mean, sure, we we've obviously given a bit of stick at old Russell, but you mm. know, like it's a it's a proper collective. Yeah, I mean, it's easy to give Russell a bit of stick, but yeah. there is more. Yeah, and and the thing is that. Ultimately, if your business is performing poorly, you look at who are the guys running, who are the management, who are the upper management. And in this instance, it is. It's your selector panel, it's your um, coaching staff, and then it's like the senior players in the team. Because you can't chop everyone in one false swoop because then yeah. you've got nothing. You can't blame all the players. You can't blame all of the staff. Like There are people that are doing incredible work there. Exactly. And So let's find those people and let's continue to grow them. I mean, there's there's such incredible talent, especially in that team, and that, that selection of, of team is great. Like they should go out and win every single test. They should go and win out, win World Cups. And and we're in like this weird, like kind of this this dichotomy of thought in the sense that we were the best test team in the world, and we were happy with that. As as fans, we were like, cool, we've got number mm. one test. It doesn't matter if we don't win World Cups. We got that fancy like earned thing yeah. with we'll the, the giant mace. ball of the, the mace, mace with the giant ball on the, yeah. on the we could top. Fight off the Khaleesi and the dragons <laughs> with this thing. It's so amazing. <laughs> But now we've lost the mace. We've lost like any resemblance of like yeah. a, a performing team. And there's no hope in hell of winning a, an IPL tournament or a 50 overs no, match. You, you don't have a mace because you're not getting an ICC trophy. The mace was the one saving grace. <laughs> so, Mike, you're looking for essentially a management audit here, which makes a lot of sense. Because, yeah. again, it's going back to what you said. You know, you've got to look at it like a business. And when a business isn't doing well… You don't just keep the same people who are cuck. Uh, That's it. Yeah. And I also, you know, I want, I want the CSA to, to take this commentary from where it comes, you know, like, yeah. we, obviously we're not the best experts. We're not here. We don't have all of the insights that someone like Stuart would have behind the scenes, but I think it's, it's important. A lot of pressure on Stuart for his points <laughs> coming up. <laughs> 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 I've got some very simple points coming up too. That's Stuart. why he made notes with like referencing, oh, Stuart reference Schofield in 2000. I've got two very simple points. Blazing coming points up. coming up. Okay. Yeah. Well, and, and I think, I, mean, yeah. I, th- I think from both of you, it's quite mature of you not to have just little jibes here and there. Those are two pretty big mm. points, which I think will itself take maybe two months each. Yeah. I just want to say, it's like, I just want to say, it's like, like Mike was saying, we don't, you know, we sound like just disgruntled fans, which we are. But like at the same time, when we pick on someone, like for me picking on Behadin, that's like the, that's the tip of the iceberg, really. Yeah. 
Mm. And it's the only way that I can find a way of dealing with my sadness. Exactly. But isn't it unfair that you have to go that route? You're being forced to be like that towards Exactly. Day. Exactly. I am being forced to be like You're that. You're such a nice guy as well. Thank you, Stuart. All you, all you want to do is just wake up and say, you know, Fayon, I got your back, bud. Yes, that's but what I want to do. You're forced to scapegoat him. No, I, exactly. I get it. Thank you. Stuart, you've got, you got two, two points. Uh, two, and uh, two points are very simple. Leadership and responsibility. Uh, right. and so I think the responsibility two, uh, it doesn't exist in this country anymore, so we might have to resurrect that. <laughs> yes, it's a very good point. Stuart copped and, out over there, guys. I, a little bit, uh, didn't uh, I? Because I brought it to Mike. Mike made the point very clearly and, and, and a, a lot better than I could actually about about uh, about management, um, a management audit. I know it was a good good call having him. Yeah, in, yeah. business yeah. maverick, Mike Sheldon. And I think the thing with leadership is. And we saw it, and you you see it in 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 uh, other sports. You see it in other cricket teams. Um, you look at a, a, a guy like um, M S Dhoni at, at in in India. Mm. Leadership, clear. He knows what he wants to do with that team, how he wants to take that team forward. It's his team when he goes out onto the field. So with A B de Villiers, um, who I am now hoping after the. The, the season in which, oh, I don't know if I'm sure if I want to play cricket again for South no, Africa and you, never it's played it. Now, it's, it's, um, it, it's, he's, he's the captain. He's the confirmed captain. He's got a two-year national contract. I hope his leadership, he can now, you know, stand firm. There's clarity. He can forge ahead. He can work with whoever, uh, the coaches for the next year. It's going to be, it's going to be Domingo. Um, and that there's clarity there about the path that they want to take. Uh, with with the team, and then the responsibility, but it goes, it runs through De Villiers, through Domingo, through the selection panel. Who I, I'm, I'm at a loss with the selection panel because I, I I'm someone that you know I I don't know enough about Linda Zondi who's the chairman of it, and in the brief interactions that I've had had with him, I have been very far from impressed. And you didn't um, know who Stephen Cook was, eh? He didn't know who Stephen Cook was. He literally he was very surprised in Centurion when he saw this. He's like, "Where did where did this white guy? <laughs> you guys are joking. Where did this guy come from? He doesn't know." But same with Ashwell Prince. I love Ashwell Prince, right? As a cricketer, he's one of my favorite cricketers. I would love him. I would love Ashwell to be the chairman of selectors. There's no one better place Bro, to do but it. Sometimes Ashwell's on Super Sport, right? And then they say, "So, yo, we're just discussing what the team could be like today." And then he's acting like he doesn't know what the team is going to oh, be you, like. I should you should point out that they are not. Um, you know, you're not. When it comes to team things, they're not allowed to talk about what they talk yeah, about in the selection. <laughs> in the selection, I understand He knows that. who the team is. I understand that. But you even hear like a Mark Wall was out here for commentating when, when, when Australia played the T20 20 side here. And then he would talk about how great the Australian side is. And of course he's going to talk about how great the Australian side looks on paper. He just picked it. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> What's he going to say? It's rubbish. Yes. Because so, he's going like, oh, I don't know what the decision is. I'm like, you know exactly what the decision is. Just tell us the reasons. <laughs> I mean, I ideally would, I would, if you would ask me to put a vote down, I would say I'd want Ashwell Prince to be to be the the chairman of selectors because you know there's the obvious background of playing mm-hmm. international cricket, and I mean he was one of the toughest cricketers yes, in this country has had sure. in the last three yes. years, um, and he's got an incredible depth of knowledge he on does. the game. I mean he's played and he's had success in various countries, and he had a very long and fruitful career playing mm-hmm. at, at at Lancashire um, in the UK. So he brings a wealth of knowledge to the table that I think you know. He should be made head in charge of. Whereas, for the review panel. whereas mm. I look at 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 Linda and I, you know, apologies for for saying that. And I just wonder if that that wealth of knowledge exists. He seems like a really nice guy, although sometimes I've you know had run-ins where I've uh, where I've just thought, gee, was, you know, give me a break. 
Um, but it, it's part of, of, of the responsibility that Cricket South Africa has to take is to appoint the right people in the right positions. Yeah. Uh. And it's true. It goes back to your point of leadership and the responsibility why, why, of having the right leadership. Why if, you've got, if you've got a guy like Prince there with this wealth of knowledge and, and anyone who's ever talked to, to Ashwell will tell you how frank he is. Yes. Yep. Uh, why the And how clever he is. And yes. Why the heck haven't you made um, the man the head of, head of selectors? Well, look, guys, I mean, that's, that's enough. We could probably just pinch it off right here. I think there's so much to go on. Just on your point about, okay, AB going to be captain, would there be any purpose of having him in the review committee, even if just for a small piece of it? He, look, when you're conducting the review, um, and from my knowledge of what the, what this panel was going to do, they were going to speak to, if not all the national, the senior men's players, um, then a big majority of them. So they were, they wanted to sit down and conduct interviews with them and get an assessment from them in a where in a in, in, in a in a forum where they could speak openly. So the Villiers would be central to to this because whatever recommendations and let's just talk for a moment as if this panel was gonna go ahead and do its work. Mm-hmm. Um if the panel was gonna go ahead and do its work uh, and because A B is, is is your captain, whatever he says is gonna be central to what recommendations would emerge Makes so sense, yeah. so you know it wouldn't surprise me if let's say the panel goes ahead and does its work if ab was called in for like three three hour sessions to yeah. to give his opinion and and, and to give a a, a a sort of understanding of the path forward that he would like to take after all it's a, it's his team he's got to take it out onto the field and, and try and win but it should be and i just think you know we are running out of time now we get into some closing closing points is that it's about just Making this known to everybody at the moment, it just seems like headless chickens. It just seems like there's a lot going on, but nothing's really going on. Mm. And, uh, and that's the reason why I wanted to have this panel discussion because I don't think any of us, I mean, even Stuart in his in his in his position, knows exactly what's going on. And for him to say confusion is one of the big words that for me to take out. Imagine us fans, yeah, you know. And there's no <laughs> there's no surprise why fans then take it further. They add a few beers on that, and then with their mates, and before you know it, they are just shouting at Bayardin or they say Russell must like I don't know. Coach hockey, whatever, because fans get upset. Now, there's a lot of things that we can pick out of this and definitely elaborate on. One point I want to finish off with right now, and of course, it has to be mentioned, is the one of transformation. Now, I'm actually fortunate enough to be able. To, I'm going to Cricket South Africa this week. Good, good for you to go good and for you. to go and actually find out a bit more about their process from their side because I believe every argument, if it's a good one, has to come from both sides. Otherwise, you live in your own world, and then that's where these bloggers get. And these. you just want to see what the offices look like. Be honest. Yeah, hey, they can't be as good as these studios. Eh? I, I've got a good <laughs> enough. A lot of trophies in there, man. I've got a good enough. Um, so I don't want to get too much in the transformation right now because I do want to hear both sides of the story. You know, obviously, cricket South Africa. If you look what they've done in the last ten years, from from mini cricket upwards. I, I used to write those press releases. Yes. I didn't ever tell you that. For mini cricket? Yeah. I once wrote a but few of Baker's. tweets. For, for Baker's mini cricket, you'd write about those kids it's that come to the field. It's not KFC, by the way, but, <laughs> yeah. but it was Baker's. No, that's what I used to do. I, used to do. I, I know about this sort of stuff. My point is, though, okay, so now transformation-wise, they seem to be a failure uh, by government. But you look at what they've done, okay? So now that something's not working out here. What I, my biggest thing here is political interference. And if that's going to become part of the review system, are cricket staff in a strong enough position to say to government, okay, cool, we know what you're getting at here. But trust me, when it comes to cricket, we know what's going on here. Mm. We understand you've got a standpoint and a political stance, okay? which is obviously heightened in election year. But what I really want to know is, does Cricket South Africa have an opportunity to say, those are your guidelines? Cool. 
we signed a charter, whatever it is, but this is how these things work because we're at every single level. So we're in the best position to actually know how we're going to run our transformation, not you. I'd love to know if that's really? possible. And what do you think Fakile Mbalula will say? Obviously, the answer is no. <laughs> but I'd love to know that if that's even going to be a part of this conversation because… Cricket, cricket South Africa could, could, could get, could go, you know, at our next T20 International, Beyonce is going to be performing at halftime. Fakile would just go… Yeah, no that's cool. That's cool, bro. You're in. Yeah. Love your transformation policies. Because the reason why I want to finish with this, because all the points we've made right here make a lot of sense from a business strategic uh, player or purpose. But if government's going to come in and say, you know that idea about Asphalt Prince being chairman of selectors? Mm, I've got this guy. <laughs> yeah, but he's, <laughs> he's going to be a little bit better. Or, you know, this whole thing you were talking about um, of getting like transparency and stuff? Ooh, that's not quite our thing. So how about you guys also don't be too transparent because then you're accountable. Yeah, but I don't know if government interferes that way. I feel like but this is what I want to know. Yeah. I, this is why I want to know. How much control do they ultimately have? Because all these ideas are great. Yeah, but if they did interfere like that already, you'd we would have Toyana as our coach already. Like now. Like as we speak, he would be there. We wouldn't you'd see that you'd see it. You'd see that type of interference. Well, so me, this is just the can of worms that we live in and so much more to go. <laughs> anyway, guys, just um, final words from the three of you. Simi? No, start with Stuart. I always went first. I want to go last. <laughs> yeah, well, Stuart's right. talked out here. I mean, the guy's okay. huffing and puffing on the side. I here. just want to say the following. I love my team to pieces. Which I think is what the common thread is here. We all still yes. love the team. I love, I love my team to pieces. I went to bed early on Friday, but that's because of the pitch. No, <laughs> I went, I did not go to bed. I stayed up through it because they are my team. I love my team and I want my team to do well. And I don't want our golden era of cricket to be marred by this black spot of us being unsuccessful. Because yep. that's what it is. Every golden era team has had trophies and finals and they win things and they have parades. We are the only golden era team to have nothing. One mace. Yeah. And I don't want that. I don't want to be like in my 60s when I see some 20-year-old. Like I don't want it to be the coach and us to win a first World Cup. The guy's 21 now. We will, let's, let's plan a team around him. Let's yeah. make the right decisions. And you also don't want to be telling lighties like, you know, back in the good old days when we had the mace. Yes, like the you know, well, the what? <laughs> the mace. Now Bangladesh is the top of the world in cricket because we've made bad decisions, you yeah. know? We right, don't exactly. want that. Okay. Mike, your closing thoughts there? I just think it's about consistency, making like some tough calls. And then sticking to your guns. The problem is, and we brought it up earlier, is that too many haphazard decisions are being made that aren't based off any real insight. Like movement around top order opening. Like the decisions on the field that are being made are because of a poor reflection from the top down. So you need to sort that ugly head off, chop it off if you have to, and then fix that team. Because, yeah. I mean, we've got, the, we've got the best structures in the world. We've got the best team in the world. But we're just not seeing the results. And we've got so much so much talent going through I mean you see it all over and you know it's just it's never going to be from a lack of players fireball <laughs> and I, and I, you don't know, and, and I also, I just don't, I don't want them to, to end up abusing players like Rabada, for example, mm. and mismanaging him and not giving him the opportunities to actually thrive in that environment. Like, he's the type of player that will bring us much success, but we need to nurture that talent and need to nurture it in the right way and get the balance between, um, player brand from a protea point of view versus player get rich quick scheme on yeah. every IPL competition yeah. around the world. No, it's, it's, it, look, it needs to be managed properly. I mean, a guy like Roberto is coming to this team. Who does he need in that team? He needs Dale staying in that team. Even yeah. if Dale's not going to, he must be in that setup. You can't have a bad day. What are you going to do? He's going to turn to Bowdin. Yeah. He has a no, bad day every day. You can't be leading the you attack. You need Dale sitting yeah. next to you go, you know what? That happened to me in Melbourne in 2007, whatever. This is what we're mm. going to do. And we work together because then they've got a rapport. Yeah. 
what's the guy going to do? Russell's going to go, you know, yeah. he's so yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is, yeah, you're still so good. Eh? Yeah, no, you're my favorite. You're my favorite. Stuart, I think it's, I mean, you listen to Simi talk and you, and you understand the, 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 the passion and, uh, that exists for the, for the, for the national team. So, I mean, despite the, Drunken trolls that might exist on social media. Um, it's not a lot referring of, to me, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is um, these a you know people want to see the South African team be successful. They 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 want to see them win. Yeah. And and I you know having covered them when they've when they've achieved some historic stuff, winning in Australia in '08 and winning in England in 2012. I mean the excitement of that. Um, engenders among among sports followers, and that's what cricket South Africa need to need to understand. They, Go through this process. Yeah. Do it. Because ultimately, um, what, what, what you want to have is more bums on seats at the Wanderers, mm-hmm. um, at, at, at Centurion, more, more eyes on, on, on your TV watching, watching this team because people want to be a part or feel a part of, of, of success. And if this, if a process like this is going to lead to, um, success and putting smiles on people's faces and for God's sake, take the pain now for, yeah. Exactly. Two or three months. Exactly. And, and, and I want a parade, Sami. I want a parade. I want a yeah, parade. I want a parade. In my lifetime. <laughs> we, all, we all want the parade. Even Cricket South Africa wants a parade. So we all I'll drive the bus. <laughs> green green well, and gold I mean, glitter. No, sorry. Oh. Obviously, AB will drive the bus and he'll yeah. obviously arrange the parade as well. Yeah. But I, I, want, I want all of this. We, we all want this. The music too. All right, guys. We've got we to wrap it up there because I want to finish off with a little, um, little ode to Muhammad Ali. There's a really great clip about why everything in life has to be white. Sami. Mike, Stuart, guys, thanks so much. This is all going to be one big podcast, and you'll be able to get a feature of all my guests today. And, of course, then you can listen to this thing from start to finish and share it to everyone you want to, because uh, cricket is, we're all in. We're all in. That's not the new uh, tagline, I promise. <laughs> just that we are actually all in. Anyway, catch you next week. Here's Muhammad Ali. Much better, but I always wonder when I went to church on Sundays. I've always been one to, I'm not just a boxer. I do a lot of reading, a lot of studying. I ask questions. I go out, travel these countries, and watch how their people live, and I learn. And I always ask my mother, I said, Mother, how come is everything white? I said, Why is Jesus white with blonde and blue eyes? Why is the Lord's <laughs> Supper all white men? Angels are white. Pope and, and um, Mary and every, even the angels. I said, Mother, when we die, do we go to heaven? She said, naturally, we go to heaven. I said, well, what happened to all the black angels when they took the pictures? <laughs> she said, I, said, I said, oh, I know. If the white folks was in heaven, too, then the black angels were in the kitchen preparing the milk and honey. <laughs> I said, listen, you quit saying that. Well, I was always curious. And I always wonder why I had to die to go to heaven. Why well, I couldn't have pretty cars and good money and nice homes now. Why do I have to wait till I die to get milk and honey? And I said, Mama, I don't want no milk and honey. I like steaks. And, and I said, milk and honey is a laxative anyway. Do they have a lot of bathrooms in heaven? So anyway, I was always curious. I always wondered why. You know, Tarzan is the king of the jungle in Africa. He was white. And, uh, I saw this white man swinging around Africa with a diaper on, hollering, oh, do you all see Tarzan over here? And all the Africans, so he's beating them up and breaking the lion's jaw. And here's Tarzan talking to the animals. And 
the Africans been there for centuries and he had, can't talk to the animals. All the time he can talk to the animals. I always wonder why Miss America was always white. All the beautiful brown women in America, beautiful suntans, beautiful shapes, all type complexions, but she always was white. And Miss World was always white. And Miss Universe was always white. And then they got some stuff called White House Cigars. White swan soap, king white soap, white cloud tissue paper, white rain hair rinse, white tornado flow wax. Everything was white. And the angel food cake was the white cake, and the devil food cake was the chocolate cake. <laughs> I said, Mama, why is everything white? I always wondered, you know, and, and the president lived in the White House. <laughs> And Mary had a little lamb, his feet as white as snow, and snow white. And everything was white. Santa Claus was white. And everything bad was black. The little ugly duckling was the black duck. And the black cat was the bad luck. And if I threaten you, I'm going to blackmail you. I said, Mama, why don't they call it white mail? They lie, too. I was always curious. And then, and this is when I knew something was wrong. Won the Olympic gold medal in Rome, Italy. Olympic champion, the Russian standing right here, and the Pole right here. Is Poland considered a communist country? Yeah. Yeah, I'm defeating America's so-called threats or enemies. And the flag is going tan 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 tan. I'm standing so proud. Tan 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 tan. And I'd have whooped the world for America. Tan tan tan. I took my gold medal, thought I'd invented something. I said, man, I know I'm going to get my people freedom there. I'm the champion of the whole world, Olympic champion. I know I can eat downtown now. And I went downtown that day, had my big old medal on and went in the restaurants. At that time, black things weren't integrated. The black folks couldn't eat downtown. And I went downtown, I sat down, and I said, you know, a cup of coffee, uh, hot dog. He said, the lady said, we don't serve Negroes. <laughs> I'm so mad. I said, I don't eat them either. Just give me a cup of hot dog. I said, I'm the Olympic gold medal. One three days ago, I fought for this country in Rome. I won the gold medal, and I'm going to eat. The manager heard her tell the manager, and she says, he said, well, I'm not the, I'm not the man. Now, he's got to go out. Anyway, I didn't raise no money. They put me out. And I had to leave that restaurant in my hometown where I went to church and served in their Christianity and fought and daddy fought in all the wars. Just won the gold medal. and couldn't eat downtown. I said, something's wrong. And from then on, I've been a Muslim. Yes, I was going to ask him about what attracted you to the to the, the truth. But the teachings of Elijah Muhammad on how black people's been brainwashed, how they've been taught to love white and hate black, how we've been robbed of our names in slavery, we were robbed of our culture, we were robbed of our true history, so it left us a walking dead man. So you got black people in all white country and they don't know nothing about themselves, they don't speak the language, they're just mentally dead. And this is happening all over the world. But the first place that we'll rise will be the black people of America, and then the rest of them will. But it's going to, I, I was one who heard the truth. And when I heard the truth about my name was not Cassius Clay, like, like uh, I know a black man in America named John Hawkins. Now, you know who John Hawkins was. He was a slave trader from England. But the, in the white people at that time, if one had five slaves and his name was Jones, they would be called Jones property. If you was auctioned off to Mr. Smith, your name was Smith identifying you as property of certain masters. So now that I'm free, now that I'm no longer slave, then I want a name of my ancestors, mm. Muhammad Ali. Like a Chinese, how could a Chinese look named Robert Smith? <laughs> <laughs> how, would, 
how would a German look named Edward Goldberg? <laughs> a Jewish name. So, like, uh, when I heard that we don't have our names, we don't speak our true Arabic language, we were robbed of Islam, our true religion, and we've been made deaf, dumb, and blind in slavery, and Elijah Muhammad was taught by Allah, who we refer to as God, to teach us the truth that will free us. And when I heard it, I've been free ever since. I have no racial problems. I don't go where I'm not wanted. I'm, I mean, I'm proud, and, and Islam did it. So, And after these things that I heard in church, uh, preaching, watching this and that, I knew something was wrong, but I couldn't pinpoint it. But as soon as I heard the truth that Elijah Muhammad teaches us in America, it made me accept it. This is CliffCentral.com.